from Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, welcome to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Marcello. Thanks for joining me. Uh, big weekend this past weekend, recruiting, football and basketball recruiting. We got all the scoop at auburnundercover.com, auburn.247sports.com. Uh, Jason Caldwell and Keith Niebuhr all over it. And VIP coverage, stuff you're not going to find anywhere else, especially basketball recruiting. Go sign up 60% off today at auburn.247sports.com. That deal ends here within the next, I think, 24 hours if you're listening to this on a Monday. So you need to go sign up all you can. Uh, Incredible coverage. Um, I just do team stuff, but the recruiting stuff is what you guys dig, obviously, and they have got it covered. Scoops, coverage, it's, it's unmatched. It really is, and I'm not just saying that. I'm not reading an ad. I'm just saying that. Um, so as we do at the beginning of every week, we're going to try to go with Q&A uh, uh, version of the podcast this week. Auburn coming off, Auburn basketball coming off a huge 75-66 to 66 win against Kentucky. Tigers moved up six spots in the AP poll to number 11. And now this week, as Bruce Pearl put it Monday at his press conference, it's moving week, like uh, in golf on a Saturday at a golf tournament. It's moving day. Um, that's when you put yourself in position to potentially be in that top group and contend for a title. That's how he sees Auburn this week. If if they can compete and beat Arkansas and LSU, they'll be in the mix for the SEC championship this season. If they don't, they will not be in, in the conversation for the SEC championship. And obviously, their NCAA tournament uh, seeding will take a big hit. Uh, lately here, Jerry Palm of CBS Sports, our, our uh uh, our, our, our company here that owns 24-7, he's moved Auburn up to a number three seed in the NCAA tournament as it stands now. But that obviously could drop uh, with two losses this week or even one loss against Arkansas LSU. Auburn goes to Arkansas where they haven't won since 2016. Tough environment, and as Bruce Pearl says, the most hostile environment they'll have faced so far this season until, of course, they go to Kentucky later this year when it's going to be a revenge game for the Wildcats after the way they got beat by the Tigers uh, on Saturday with college game day and everything. It was an historic weekend uh, for the basketball program, which uh, you just get used to under Bruce Pearl. Uh, they are just moving and shaking and doing things that haven't been done at Auburn ever, 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 ever. So moving forward, signing day is Wednesday. It's going to be a small signing day. Auburn's not going to sign a whole bunch of people. As you know, they've signed most of their class you know, uh, in December. But the early signing period, ever since the early signing period's come along, the second signing day in February, which used to be the biggest day of the year in recruiting, has turned into just an afterthought in a lot of ways. Um, so there's not going to be a lot of big news on Wednesday, it appears. Obviously, Auburn's going to try and sign a, a person or two, but it is it's it is what it is. It's changed a lot. So moving forward, I want to take your questions after this big weekend Auburn had and moving forward through the week. Obviously, some of you might listen to this after the Arkansas game on Tuesday, so I don't want to make this seem like it's out of date by then. So that's why I'm asking for Q&A from you guys that are kind of general questions and not necessarily about a game. All right, let's move forward. First, we're going to go to the body get a message board, auburnundercover.com. 
to get questions. You guys get first dibs as VIP members at 24-7 Sports. AU Techs asks, any insight on the breakdown of basketball staff assignments, i.e. game planning, front court, back court, recruiting territories, etc.? Bruce is obviously doing an unreal job, but the program development as a whole, top to bottom, has been amazing to watch. Um, you know, if, if you recall, I, I think last season, <clears throat> uh, I did a story about uh, job responsibilities just as far as preparing the team uh, in practice. And what was interesting to me is that the assistant coaches move around. They don't, someone's not in charge of the front court, so to speak. Someone's not in charge of the back court, so to speak. They coach all positions. They rotate those guys. It's very interesting to me that they do that. And the way the, re the reason why they do that is because they don't want the players to learn one way. They want to learn several ways that's within Bruce's system. And everybody's got a different touch with that. Uh, it's an interesting approach and obviously has worked. As far as recruiting territories, <clears throat> those guys are everywhere. Um, Atlanta area is obviously huge and Bruce focuses a lot on that along with the assistants, but you know, recruiting territories in basketball is a little bit different than it is in football. Um, it just is, uh, AU Shug 87 asks, has your opinion changed on how far this basketball team can go based on the victory against Kentucky? Does Bruce Pearl realize what he has done for Auburn and how much he has loved? Um, my opinion hasn't changed too much. Listen, I still think this is an NCAA tournament team. They could potentially reach a second weekend and get into the Sweet 16. But beyond that, I, I think it's going to take a big turn in offense. This team has got to start hitting shots. Um, their strength right now is driving to the basket, drawing fouls. That you know they shot what forty four free free throws, uh, the mo the most ever against a Cal Coach Cal team in the regular season. Um, yeah, that's going to win you games, but not every game you're going to get those foul calls, as you guys know. Everybody loves to complain about officiating. Um, and early in that game, people were complaining about officiating big time um, and, and end up officiating actually went on Auburn's side against Kentucky, uh, which I know a lot of you may not want to admit, but hey, that's something. <laughs> um yeah, they, they've got to hit jump shots, man. they got to start hitting three-pointers. And they're just not doing it this season. I think that's the identity of the team. Drive to the basket, be physical, rebound, get offensive boards. And that's how Auburn's winning. I think the good thing going to the Arkansas game, you know, listen, Auburn's offense is what it is. But their rebounding is somewhat elite, especially with Austin Wiley in there. And, and Arkansas's rebounding has struggled a little bit. So that's going to give Auburn a chance at Arkansas. I mean, look, if you look at the Ken Palm uh, which I really trust. You look at the the chances for Auburn to win at Arkansas, it's 38%. Uh, it's a hostile environment, huge home court advantage, and Arkansas is playing well right now. They went on the road at Alabama and came back from a 12-point deficit in the, at, in the first half and ended up beating uh, Alabama on the road. So our, Arkansas has got it going a little bit under first-year coach Eric Musselman, who's a, a fantastic coach. And as far as does Bruce Pearl realize what he's done for Auburn, I think he has, but I think he still believes he's got more to do. Uh, P. Allen 42 asks, do you think Bruce will start to rotate other players at the point guard spot or ride with McCormick the rest of the way? Well, his rotation is Javon McCormick and Samir Dowdy. Will he put someone else in there? Not really, no. I mean, I mean, I, you're not going to see Turbo Jones out there all of a sudden. As I've mentioned, he was injured, what, in June? And just isn't quite there. They tried playing him the non-conference season a little bit, and it's just not there, guys. 
what what this team is right now as far as rotation is what it's going to be near the end of the season. Unless they get some more production off the bench, like a Devin Cambridge, who you saw a little bit more of in the Kentucky game in some big moments, and even Jamal Johnson. But the point guard spot, no. It's going to be Dowdy, and it's going to be McCormick. Uh, David Hamm off the Body Get a Message board asks, are ultimately the best Auburn basketball and baseball coaches ever both here right now in Bruce Pearl and Butch Thompson. Uh, you can make that argument, sure. Um, I think definitely Bruce Pearl's the best basketball coach in Auburn history right now, even now. Uh, no, I mean, no disrespect to Sonny Smith, but for for Auburn to win an SEC tournament championship and an SEC regular season championship and go to the Final Four within a two-year span in back-to-back years, it's never been done at Auburn, obviously. And... Uh, Bruce Pearl's the best coach in Auburn basketball history, in my opinion. Um, and he could become, um, I think he's going to already going to be a legend, but if he can go like five more years at Auburn and get Auburn to another, like elite eight or in a couple sweet 16s, you're going to be talking about a guy that you're naming a court after, you know, but that's, that's what Bruce Pearl's working toward. He's still trying to win championships. And Butch Thompson got Auburn to the College World Series. Let's see some consistency before we start saying, you know, he's better than Hal Baird. But you can make the argument. Cola AU guy off the Body Game Message Board asks, why do we continuously get played by these high school offensive tackles in recruiting and then have to resort to the grad transfer or junior college offensive tackle market nearly every year? Uh, Cola, I think that's one of those situations where the, only the coaches could really answer that. And I think the coaches, including Gus Malzahn, need to look inward and see what the issue is with them. Why is that happening? Because it's different players, different schools that are picking them up. Why are you getting played, so to speak, as you said? Why are they not getting these guys? You got to look inward. You have to evaluate yourself. You have to criticize yourself. Uh, T. Brumbleblow13 uh, asked, so, saw someone on here uh, on the Body Game Message Board say that Marcus Woodson, the defense, former defensive backs coach, left Auburn mainly because there's too many voices trying to run things but loves Auburn. How big of a problem is this for the team? And is this an issue with the other teams and or other big schools? Uh, I haven't. I did not hear that. I haven't heard that. Um, listen, all coaches have egos. Um, like most people, but, and there's going to be butting of heads and people talking behind each other's backs, but I didn't get that sense from everything with that. I mean, good for him landing at Florida state, but I haven't heard that. I don't know where that's coming from. That means it's not true, but I'm just saying I haven't heard it. AU Milo 1985 asks, why do you think CBP doesn't give others a chance off the bench? Like I mentioned earlier with the point guard spot, he's got his guys he trusts. And he tried out different lineups in the non-conference season. And that's when you figure things out a little bit. And it was against lesser competition. If players just aren't performing the way you want and gelling, they're not going to play as much. But you're seeing Devin Cambridge playing a little bit more and Jamal Johnson. So there you go. Bronson44 asks, hey, Brandon, all you guys do great work. Well, thanks. Appreciate that. In your opinion, which freshman coming in has the best chance for playing time this year and why? 
depth chart, special team talent, et cetera. I like how people ask these questions, like, give me one person, then you're like, give me the depth chart. <laughs> I do it. <laughs> well, we did our best guesses on what the Beth, a depth chart could look like, could look like going into the spring. Um, I, I'll continue to say Zakevius Walker, the uh, pass rusher. I, I think he could potentially crock, uh, crock, pass, break into the playing rotation um, along the defensive front. All right, more questions heading your way and answers after this break. All right, we're back. AU Higgy asks, I know you're not in charge of recruiting, of course. I barely recover recruiting, but have you heard anything on grant transfer tackles? No, and and and, and here's the thing. You're not really going to hear anything about that till late in spring when players across the nation are – upset with their positioning on a team or just want to leave elsewhere and see if they could potentially be a starter at another program. Someone always kind of pops up uh, every off season and there's no way of predicting who that's going to be. So we'll find out late in the spring into the summer. And uh, I'm sure Albert's going to be looking for an offensive uh, lineman or two in the transfer portal on the grad transfer market. Gus Champ 14 asks, best guess on who gets the open defensive backs job? I don't have an answer for you there. There was a lot of people thinking that Addison Williams was going to get it. Uh, he was a candidate, and uh, I report all along, not the top candidate, not a guy who's really going to get it. And sure enough, Addison Williams left before they even started really looking for a defensive back coach and went to Coastal Carolina. I, I could tell you this, Kevin Steele and Gus Malzahn are trying to get a veteran guy. I expect that the hire for that will end up happening after signing day, uh, as I've reported for the last two two weeks now, I guess, or however long it's been. Uh, old Duffer. Chances Coach Flo is fired. Uh, he's talking about women's basketball coach Coach Flo. I know they've been better recently, but will this be an excuse to keep her around? Or is the lack of breaking through going to cost her? Uh, you know, listen, um, you know, I went on record in my VIP column that thinking that it's time for to move on from her. I, I think I think they should have moved on from her about two, three years ago, in my opinion. She's had plenty of time to turn this thing around. And what you're seeing in the SEC right now are SEC programs that have not been very successful in recent years, hiring elite coaches and turning things around almost overnight and going to the Final Four and winning national championships. They're not just winning SEC championships. They're winning championships. You've seen it at South Carolina. You're seeing it at Mississippi State, where they went to back-to-back -back Final Fours, played for national championship, I think, in back-to-back -back years. They beat UConn in the NCAA tournament. And right now, they're still in the top 10, even after losing a lot of talent, and they're beating the credit out of everybody. I understand Auburn played them tough and actually led them by, I think, up to nine points on the road, but of course Auburn ended up losing that game uh, and then came back home and beat Vanderbilt, a Vanderbilt team that's not very good, by the way. Um, and Auburn's now 2-7 and seven in the SEC. It's not, that's not what you expect out of a coach after five, six, seven years. I think it's time to move on. It's just not working. The recruiting hasn't been consistent. Um, you look at the crowds. Listen, the crowds are abysmal. And it's women's basketball, so I understand that you're going to have smaller crowds and all that. 
But if you go look at South Carolina, you go look at Mississippi State, you go look at Texas A&M, they have got big crowds because it is successful. And I compare it to what happened with Auburn softball under Clint Myers. That was a sport no one really cared about, a select few cared about. But when they started winning under Clint Myers, that place was getting packed at Jane B. Moore Field. Auburn Arena has not been packed or even close to packed under Coach Flo. It's it's a style of basketball she plays that should be entertaining, but it's not because the execution is just not there. Um, I think it's time to move on. I, 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 I'm going to be the first one out there on the record to say I think she should be gone. And hey, if they make a big run this year, I'll probably change my tune. That's the thing about sports. Everything's decided on the court. But I just have not been impressed with her tenure here at Auburn at all. I mean, I got here in March of 2013, covered the WNIT when they were in it, and it was just sloppy, and it's been sloppy ever since. It just has not been good basketball. And when they play the good teams in the SEC, top 10 teams, they usually get blown out. But the big, the big exception here lately is that they played Mississippi State pretty well. But still, they blew a nine-point lead and, and lost. And losses are losses. I mean, that, that's just how it is. It doesn't matter what the score is. And I know it's tough to be a top-10 team on the road any, anywhere, even if you are a top-10 team yourself. But I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. And I think she's had plenty of opportunities to get this turned around, and it hasn't happened. And I know I, I caught a lot of flack from people going, how dare you? You know, but listen, this is a business. The coach, it all ends with the coach, starts and ends with them. And if you've been around as long as she has been um, and you haven't produced results, it's time to move on because Mississippi State and South Carolina in recent history have proven it. And then before that, Texas A&M proved it when they hired Gary Blair there and they won a national championship. And both South Carolina and Mississippi State have been up on the mountaintop as well since they hired their coaches here within the last, what, eight years, I guess. It's I, I think it's time for change. Barnell asks, does your job not take a pause for the Super Bowl? Is nothing sacred? Um, no, I, I watched the Super Bowl Sunday night. I, I, I uh, sat on the couch and watched the game. Um, yeah, I watched the game. I don't know what else to say. Uh, the the game was pretty good, I guess, in the fourth quarter, but it was pretty boring after that. Before that, um, I don't really remember anything about the game. It was just I don't know. Blake Candy asked, "Will Bruce win a championship at Auburn?" My answer is yes, says Blake. Bruce has finally built a program instead of great team, with two potential first round draft picks in back to back years, with another five star in the way. Future looks bright. Your thoughts? Uh, Blake, uh, Bruce has already won a championship. He's won t three of them, if you want to think about it. He's won an SEC regular season championship. He's won an SEC tournament championship. And he's won a, a regional final in the NCAA tournament and gotten to the final four. Are you talking about a national championship? Man, I don't know. That is difficult. Just go ask Duke. How many final fours have they made in the last 10 years? Bruce has already won championships at Auburn. Will he win others? Possibly, yeah. Um, I'm not sure this is the team that'll do it, but they're competitive still. 
even after losing Jared Harper and Bryce and uh, key cogs like Horace Spencer and obviously Chuma Kiki, first round draft pick. He's got it rolling right now, man. You guys need to be enjoying this because it could go away quickly or it can continue, but man, it could go away quickly. Jalen come home asks, if Mark Anthony Richards changed positions, what would it be? Um, Maybe like a slot receiver or a safety maybe, but I haven't heard anything about him changing positions, so I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, Grayson asks, what's your prediction for Auburn's record in these next three games? Um, okay. I got to look at the schedule. I know they play Arkansas and then LSU after that. I don't know what the third game is. Is it Alabama? I'm sure. I think it is. Uh, let me look it up on my handy dandy computer here. I don't have it memorized. Yep. It's Alabama. I was right. Auburn, LSU and Alabama, two of those three games at, uh, home. Arkansas on the road Tuesday, LSU at home in the morning at 11 a.m. Undefeated LSU, by the way. LSU undefeated in the SEC and Alabama in a revenge game for Auburn after they lost uh, by big numbers on their own Tuscaloosa in January. Uh, that comes next Wednesday. I'm going to say 2-1. and one. I say Auburn goes 2-1 and one the next three games. I think that loss will be at Arkansas. Auburn hasn't won at Arkansas since 2016. I think during Jared and Bryce's freshman year, if I'm not mistaken. And Arkansas is better than that team was. Or, uh, yeah, right? I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be tough. Arkansas is playing pretty well at home, even though what's interesting is Arkansas, I say that, but Arkansas lost to South Carolina at home recently. But this is what gives me hope that Auburn can win. South Carolina is a really good rebounding team. Arkansas is not. Auburn's rebounding very well, especially against Kentucky, as we saw this past weekend. If Auburn can do that, go through these cold lulls, they can win. But in, in an environment like that, if you start out slow, I don't know if they're going to be able to come back. They're able to come back at Ole Miss, but that was a much different environment and a much different talent level at Ole Miss with a 1-5 or 1-6 team than Arkansas, which is in the top half of the SEC and has two very, very good players. And Mason Jones, who I think was the co-SEC player of the week this week after scoring, what, like 30 points at Alabama uh, in their win Saturday. So it's going to be difficult. But I think Auburn goes 2-1. and one, And I think they stay in the SEC race. If they were to go 3-0, and oh, uh, they're contenders uh, for the SEC championship. Definitely. Um. Okay, next question. Jennifer Moore asks, should Isaac O'Curl enter the NBA draft or stay another season? It's been a hot topic on the body getting a message board lately. Listen, if Isaac O'Curl is projected as a first-round draft pick and he gets that feedback, he should leave. There's no reason any player should ever pass up first-round money in any sport. Um, You make the argument for baseball sometimes because of just all the convoluted, convoluted stuff they do there. But Basketball and football, if you're a first-round draft pick, you go. You got to go. Um, and as of right now, Isaac O'Curl is projected as a first-round draft pick by most NBA mock drafts. And I see people on our message board going, well, what do they know? Well, they know a lot because they talk to NBA scouts. 
and general managers and everybody. And there's a reason why Isaac Okoro is in the first round. He's just outside a lottery pick, according to CBSSports.com's Gary Parrish, who is an incredible reporter. Um, he's at number 15, Isaac Okoro is, in, in that projection. So I think Okoro would have to leave if he's a first-round draft pick. I mean, that's ultimately up to him. I'm not telling him what to do or anything, but that's just kind of how it goes. You're a first-round pick, you usually leave in the NBA draft. Um, I know there's this whole argument of that he, he stays, he gets to play with Sharif Cooper and maybe Jalen Green if Jalen Green selects Auburn. And that certainly would be tremendous. That would be an amazing team for Auburn. Um, rivaling, rivaling, <laughs> rivaling the uh, pro- production that the Final Four team put together, in my opinion. that's some, That could be a special group, even though it's young. Um, but I, I don't know if Okoro will stick around. We'll see. But man, listen, he's a first round draft pick. He's a little raw still, but they love the potential. And that's what the NBA draft is all about, man. Potential. They see these guys and they go, man, I, this guy's going to grow into something big. Uh, okay. Final question. And it's a two-parter. Sanford Johnson asks, is Tony Barbie the most disliked ex-coach in Auburn history? Uh, and the second question is related to that. Is it fair to say that Barbie ran the program into the ground? It's not like the Jeff Lebo years that were much better. Uh, yeah, I think Tony Barbie is the worst basketball coach in Auburn history and one of the worst SEC basketball head coaches in SEC history. Um, there was a time with all those consecutive losses in the SEC, he was rivaling uh, uh, as far as just like production and record um, to be one of the worst anyway, just as far as stats and, and, and win loss and, and consecutive losses to, I believe it was the coach's name was Alan Lincoln. And let me Google this. I'm pretty sure uh, I did this research (laughs) way back during the Tony Barbie era because it interested me. Um, I think he was a Swanee. <laughs> so I say Swanee, by the way. Um, it was so difficult to find this stuff too, but I found it. Um, yeah, Swanee. Uh, <laughs> um, people don't even know when he died, <laughs> according to Wikipedia. Born 1901 in, in St. Louis, went to the University of Missouri, and was the head coach Swanee, 1932 to 1938. Um, not much on his Wikipedia page, but we found his records as a head coach. And it, it was a little bit worse than Tony Barbie. But Tony Barbie is in the conversation with Mr. Alan Lincoln. His head coaching record, by the way, uh, overall is 13 and 85, Alan Lincoln. But there was one year, you know, when, when, when Auburn lost, I don't know how many straight SEC games or whatever, that Alan Lincoln had a similar uh, uh, moment in his career. His was like win, loss, 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 win, you know, Alan Lincoln. But for consecutive losses and just bad seasons, Barbie was up there. And there's other things that Barbie did, which made him a bad co- head coach um, on the SEC level. Um, you know, there's simple things like being on time for things and making excuses 
for why you're not somewhere or you're not going to do a press conference and all that type of stuff that just, you know, obviously it rubs the media the wrong way, but it also shows, it gives you a glimpse of what kind of attitude the person has and also what they, how seriously they take their job, I guess, maybe, at least in my opinion. I think Tony Barbie is the worst basketball coach in, in Auburn history, in my opinion. And um, it it was kind of, you know, going back, after that South loss of South Carolina in the SEC tournament, we all kind of knew what was coming. I, mean, I remember ta- talking to Charles Barkley right before halftime and Barkley, who's close with pretty much every Auburn coach that comes through with basketball because he loves Auburn basketball. Even he, sitting courtside when I was talking to him at halftime, was like, hey, it's business. <laughs> you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I mean, Charles knew what was about to happen. And sure enough, you know, 45 minutes after the game, you know, Tony Barbie is fired at the team hotel and told not to get on the team bus on the way back to Auburn. And uh, right before that, Tony Barbie had one of the longest press conferences of his entire career. He's standing in the tunnel answering any and all questions about anything, Going talking about why he should stay. It was the first time he really addressed his job security because the whole running joke throughout the second half of the season is every time you ask him a question about his future, he would like just walk away. And like we started keeping count of, you know, is he exiting stage left or exiting stage right at these press conferences when those questions come up? Because we'd always make sure those questions would be the last one to ask because we knew he didn't want to end the press conference early. You know, uh, he he was, I think he is the worst. You talk about best and worst coaches. Auburn literally went from the, I think, the worst coach in their basketball history in Tony Barbie to the best coach in Bruce Pearl. Isn't that crazy? And again, that that goes back to what I was talking about with Coach Flo. Coach Flo is definitely not the worst, probably not the worst basketball coach in Auburn women's basketball history. But it shows you that things can change quickly if you get the right coach in place. And that happened, obviously, with Bruce Pearl after they got rid of Tony Barbie. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this podcast. A lot of coverage this week. It's National Signing Day coming up Wednesday. It's smaller, of course, than the early signing period in December, but we're going to have plenty of coverage which players can play early, all that kind of stuff. Huge basketball week, as I mentioned, with Arkansas and LSU on the schedule for Auburn. Um, plenty of basketball recruiting coverage up right now, exclusive stuff that you won't see anywhere else that you need to go check out on some high-profile pros- prospects. Jason Caldwell has got the scoop at auburn.247sports.com. Till next time, I'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.